Welcome back, everybody, to the Young, Dumb and Broke podcast. My name is Josh Gaventa. I am joined by... Shimmy Morris. Hello. Absolute legend. Very good friend of mine, as I um, want to say. Um, I am a person in marketing. <laughs> Shimmy, what do you do? I, I am a YouTuber and online business maker man. Perfect. Yes. Very nice. Uh, if you can, head over to YouTube and go and subscribe to Shimmy Morris. Sub to Shim, a new <laughs> trend we're going to start right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> um, and while you are you know, on your phone going to YouTube, you can head to Apple Podcasts, you can head to Spotify, you can leave a review, whatever you think about this podcast. No, no, you can't. No, no, don't say you can leave a review. They have to. Leave a review? <laughs> we're trying to grow this podcast. <laughs> right. Leave a review. And subscribe to Shimmy. I don't have to subscribe. I don't, you, know, you can forget <laughs> subscribing to me. If you can get, a, if we can get a review, then we're happy. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right. Today's topics are: we are briefly, ever so briefly, going to discuss the Molly May situation that has occurred <laughs> over the last few weeks. Like, I mean, briefly, because we found something particularly interesting about it. We're going to use it as a springboard onto something much more interesting than Molly May. We're then going to talk about criticism, how we respond to it, what matters in criticism to us. And then we're going to finish up by talking about what do we do when we're unfocused or overwhelmed or feeling those things. Um, how do we kind of cope with it or get ourselves out of it? So if that sounds interesting, keep listening. Even the- if it doesn't sound interesting, <laughs> keep listening because the watch time really helps. <laughs> <laughs> just turn your phone volume down to zero and just leave it playing and happy days. Or turn it up to like, you know, good enough number just to hear us mumbling. Okay, let's talk Molly May. Shimmy, before today, how many times had you ever even thought about Molly May? Zero. Wonderful. (laughs) I watch Love Island. I think it's hilarious and thoroughly entertaining. So I've obviously been aware of her since the show. I don't even remember what year she was even on it. It feels like forever ago. Was it three years ago? Feels like it. Feels like that could be right. I but then it's such a waste of time. But then th- thinking about what I was doing at the time, there's no way that was three years ago. But the pandemic has thrown everything into who knows what. I don't even know what the date is today. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I agree. So Molly May is an influencer. She is the creative director of Pretty Little Thing. She went on the hit ITV show Love Island. She came second or third she was in a couple with Tommy Fury, a boxer. Who's brother. famous in his own right as well, kind of. His brother's famous, being Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world. He wasn't famous really before the show. That's true. He's not really even famous now, considering he's with Molly May, who is unbelievably famous. Millions and millions and millions of followers. She went on the Diary of a CEO podcast, which Shimmy and I are both big fans of. I watched the full thing because I'm fascinated by her and the success that she's had following the show, in that she's had more success than most people have. And I was curious as to how she interpreted the reasons for that being. Um, There was a clip that someone clipped up from the podcast where, to summarize, she argued that everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. She prefaced it by saying when she says things like that, People criticize her because of her background and her upbringing. There are certain privileges she has 
that other people don't have. So that it's not like everybody starts from zero and has 24 hours. That isn't the case. She said that or something like that and then sort of went, but technically we do have the same 24 <laughs> hours in a day, right? So immediately after, not even immediately, hold on, let me clarify. A month later... After oh, was it pod- not straight away? No, the podcast was in... I looked at it today. It was December the 13th. It That's came out. why I couldn't find it because I tried finding it. I was looking <clears> for a recent podcast, but I couldn't find it. It was a while ago, but they just found the clip. Someone found it and just did some kind of silly tweet like, if you're poor, just buy a house, implying that's what Molly May was saying, which is total nonsense. And then the pylon began because it's Molly May and it's, she's so easy to make fun of for lots of reasons. Not reasons, I think, but people have... It's okay. No one hates you. <laughs> well, some people hate you, but it's okay. No, people think they can make fun of Molly May. I don't think you should, but people do anyway. People love to tear down famous people. Particularly the tabloid news, who then grabbed onto it, and that elevates it massively. The Twitter algorithm for pylons is disgraceful, frankly. Like, the negativity, the negativity that can be generated within hours... Literally. But that's all social media. crazy. It isn't all social media, but it's negative particularly news bad sells on Twitter. much better than positive news. Sure, but it's particularly bad on Twitter. Oh, maybe. I, like it's, I stay clear of Twitter. It's a hellhole when, when things go bad. It also provides lots of very good humour. So any football fans out there, I saw someone tweet saying something like, Burnley have the same 24 hours in the day as Manchester City. Why don't they just win the league? <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. Sort of getting to the nub of the issue, obviously Burnley and Man City are very different. Man City are owned by people worth 30-odd billion. Burnley are not. They also have better players. I mean, yeah, because they can afford to buy them. Yes, fine, but they are better players. Yeah, no, the reason why Man City win leagues and Burnley don't is because Man City have the best players and the best manager, and Burnley don't. But the reason why City have those players is because they can afford to buy them. But then the underdogs can always surprise you. Look at Leicester. Leicester is the perfect example of why underdogs almost never surprise you. <laughs> but they sometimes do. They can, right? But they don't. There have been like four different league winners in the last 30 years. And they've all been the richest teams. It's almost a brilliantly wonderful microcosm of this Molly May thing. Um, anyway, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but that's what happened. We both watched it. We don't want to get into dragging Molly May. I don't think there's a point. I think it's fairly reasonable for someone like her to preface things that she's talking about by talking about her privileges. She sort of did, but then said, but, which sort of negates. Just to make things clear, Josh is adamant against all of this. I don't think it was such a big deal. Just going to put it out there. I wanted to just let everyone know. I, I don't think it was a big deal either, but people made a big deal out of it, and I'm trying to explain right, why. Right, right, right. I just think people made a big deal out of it because it's like, oh, I can get famous if I... um make a tweet about Molly May being an absolute bitch. Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm famous now, which is just, that's like, I don't think anyone who actually was upset about it was upset about it. They were just thinking, oh, how can I get famous? How can I be Molly May? How can I get all that clout? You know, all all the keyboard warriors on YouTube or Twitter or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't massively disagree that most people were doing it to hope they could get a couple of thousand likes and retweets because everybody was banging that night on like Twitter. If you did a tweet about Molly May that evening or the next day or the next day after that, like it could take off. 
yeah, you got a couple of followers, a couple of retweets. Brilliant. Yeah, go, go, go you. <laughs> you know, but like, honestly. Yeah. So well, you're not thinking about that person. <clears throat> that's the that's the important thing. Yeah, she said a sentence. She's 22 years old. She obviously, you know, she's not the most articulated person and she said it, but all these people who are trying to blow up their own accounts, the, the selfishness of it, they're not thinking of the ramifications of what like a, a, a an explosion of hate can do to someone online. Yeah, no, it was incredibly nasty and the level of it was uncalled for. 100%. Totally. Like, it was massively out of proportion to what she said. Like, it, it wasn't that bad. It was silly. It was, in my opinion, quite... Naive? Naive, inconsiderate, dumb. <laughs> but, like, that's going to happen if I sit on a podcast for an hour and a bit, I'm going to say something dumb. Like, 100%. I have... <laughs> <laughs> I have sympathy for her that regard. It's, it's, it's a underratedly hard thing to do, to sit and talk for an hour and a half. Um... But what came out of it was was like some interesting discussion about the ideas around social mobility and what keeps things moving in society for certain people and not for others. There's a brilliant author called Hashim Muhammad who wrote a book called People Like Us, all about this. It's fascinating and very, very interesting. Towards the end of one of the chapters, he says the following. I'm going to read a quote, so I apologize for reading quotes, but it is interesting. Go on, do it in your voices. <laughs> <laughs> he says, right, sorry, you'll need a lot of luck as you go. And let's hope that along the way, someone explains the unwritten rules of the world you want to join. And you'll need to make it through all that with your belief in yourself still intact. And then maybe you'll make it. So obviously before that, he does talk a lot about hard work and putting yourself in situations. But then he just feels like you need luck and you need someone to explain to you how things work while you're getting along the way. And you have to get through all of that still believing in yourself. That's hard. I've done a bunch of interviews with, like, old Jewish men, it happened to be, for who, like, came to this country as immigrants, or their parents did, or they grew up in poverty and all sorts of things, which 80, 90, 100 years ago, lots of Jews, nearly all Jews in this country did. And that's something they talked about. Like, they needed a lot of luck, and they needed people from English society to explain to them, how do you talk to people properly in business how do you write letters properly like all these things that you're not going to learn unless someone explains it to you mm. so i wanted to talk about you know obviously we aren't as successful as molly may or even the person whose podcast she was on <laughs> but when have we been lucky that has got us to wherever we are which is a a relative sense of success well I think you have a much, much better story around luck than me. I I think, obviously, I've been lucky in everything I've done, but it's very hard to pinpoint things that I've done in my life that has, you know, gotten me to where I am. So, I don't know, like I said to you beforehand, I said, me, me moving to this road that you happen to live on sparked a friendship that, you say it was there. No, no. That <laughs> that 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 was there a long, long time ago. But it's fair to say it had had kind of gone out a bit, um, which led us to you know talking and and talking about work and realizing we actually have a lot in common and collaborating and then starting this podcast. You know, all of those events had to kind of happen for this to happen, and I think that's quite lucky because I like this podcast, right? And and you know, this podcast is not as big as the Diary of a CEO or anything like that, but maybe one day it will be, and it will all be 
based on that luck because you know for all i know if i would have moved to five streets down we may that 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 might have completely gone out and we wouldn't have been friends at all so um so yeah but i mean like 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 your your lucky story is is well it doesn't actually sound real so (laughs) if you don't believe him it's okay you're not the only one (laughs) okay i'll tell the story two years ago actually slightly longer than that two years and a month ago I went to the theatre with my older brother to see a live podcast recording of a show called The West Wing Weekly, which was about the West Wing TV show. Two, sitting two rows behind me and my brother was one of his work colleagues and her... I'm going to say fiancé at the time. I don't know if they're engaged, but long-term boyfriend. So that guy is the guy who I now work with <laughs> and have done for two years because... He knew that I was thinking about leaving my job because my brother had told his fiance who had mentioned it to him. He came up to me because he's into shoes and I happen to be wearing like my favorite pair of Jordans, which are now long gone to the bin men. (laughs) (laughs) And he sort of came up and he goes, oh, nice shoes. We got talking. He said, oh, I hear you're thinking you're moving jobs. And I was like, yeah, I am. I don't know what I want to do next. And he goes, do you want to do social media? And I was like, that sounds kind of fun. He goes, cool, I'm hiring at the moment. Can I call you tomorrow? <laughs> so I gave him my number. He called me the next day. We had a good chat. And then we had like a proper interview the following Monday. This was all Thursday night. Friday morning, we had a chat. Monday morning, we had like a full-on interview. He offered me the job Monday evening. That's mental. I've been working for him for two years. That is mental. Literally just from going to the going to the theatre. <laughs> that is crazy. Isn't that luck? So that's that, that I can... That, yeah, that's lucky. Like the fact that you were... In the theatre, the fact that he was in the theatre the same night, you know, just two rows behind you, the fact that he saw you. Look, in all fairness, because he knew you on the radar, he may have got your contact details and wanted to speak to you anyway, but we'll never know that. And and I think it was the fact that you were there in his radar right then and there. And it was like, oh, I, I'm hiring and this person looks cool. He's got cool Jordans on, like maybe like his jumper <laughs> or whatever. And, you know... I don't know what you're wearing that day. No, I'm trying to think. You're I can't probably wearing remember. some form of hoodie of some sort <laughs> in various colours, but um, but yeah, that's crazy. That is that is crazy. I mean, what what's another? I don't know. So I, I mean, I guess an, uh, another one for me would be when I started my Amazon business with my brother. I I remember I, I he was I remember this so vividly as well. He was sitting on his bed in his room. I walked up the stairs. His doors open, and he's like on his computer watching his uh, um like watching a course and he looked at me and he goes Shibby do you want to start a business together I was <laughs> like oh god I don't know he's like this Amazon business it looks really cool you should watch it so I watched a couple of the videos and I'm like yeah let's go into it um, and then we started an Amazon business together right but I, I would say the luck part of that is what placed me there at that point in time when he just happened to be looking at it I was the first person he saw after seeing it if it would have been my other brother who walked up the stairs he would have looked at him and probably said the same thing right he thought this looks really cool. I want to do it with someone. Looks up, and I just happen to be standing right there. Do you want to do it with me? Um, so, and and that shaped so much stuff. I mean, the re- that is the reason I started my YouTube channel. If I hadn't started Amazon, I probably wouldn't have started YouTube. And then I love YouTube. YouTube is everything, right? And it's really funny. So just because I was at the right place at the right time. So yeah, I guess that's quite a cool lucky story. I actually didn't even know that story. Yeah, it's mad. That's I, so it's, cool. I, I, not only what's weird is. 
I, I remember everything so vividly. Like, I even know what bedding he had on. Like, it's it's so weird. I, what I, was it? Was it Superman? No, it was this weird <laughs> red stripy one. It, it was a horrible bedding. But the point is, like, it's it's like it's like a, a, an image like tattooed on my brain. It's really strange. Um, but I've never really thought about it like how I just thought about it now with being in the right place at the right time. Because I actually should have been abroad at that time. I shouldn't even been in the country. Hmm. Um, so I think all of it happening. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, cool. I feel like this is, I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Jimmy Carr, talking about how, you know, money shouldn't be everything. And we both sort of said, that's really annoying when really rich people say that. Yeah. It's like, well, of course it doesn't mean that much to you. You have did, loads of it. And funnily enough, did he get a lot of hate from that? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. It was on the same podcast too. Um, he's way less famous than Molly May. <laughs> He's a different kind of famous. Yeah, that's true. He's not social media famous in the same way that she is. Yeah. And that's what actually, what I find so interesting. I was watching a podcast with Logan Paul and KSI. I don't know if you saw it. Started uh, it. Yeah. And he was talking about how he goes, to, he, he went to a bar or a, a restaurant and he had one guy in there, who I didn't know who it was, and Keanu Reeves sitting in this restaurant. And he said it was getting really annoying because people who would come in would come and get a photo with me. They'd come and bother me. Was it Logan Paul was saying that? No, no, KSI was saying that. KSI was annoying that people were coming to bother him and not Keanu Reeves. And he said, when people saw Keanu Reeves, it was like, oh gosh, look, that's Keanu Reeves. That's so cool. <laughs> but when it was KSI, it was like, oh, KSI, man. Yeah, come, let's get a photo. So, and I, 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 and I think Keanu Reeves is hella famous. Mm. But I think it's just a different kind of that's famous. That's so interesting. Yeah. So it's, it, I, I that's think, so I think influencer famous is now the new a plus lister like they've taken over a listers as the most famous people not 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 because it's well deserved it's because who watches content the most the younger generation the younger generation aren't watching the matrix or uh what's the other keanu reeves movie that crazy one um to the where he fights so well uh it literally popped out of my head but i know what you're yes saying. <laughs> uh people aren't watching that they're watching ksi and they're watching logan paul and they're watching mr beast so it's just weird. It's just everything I think is it, backwards. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it has to do with approachability. Like people, when it's a digital creator, I think I said it, even said it last week, like I'm going to buy the prime drink when it comes out because KSI and Logan Paul have done it. I yeah. feel a certain connection to them that I don't with another. Because they share so much of their private life. That's what they were saying on the podcast. He says, I share so much of my private life. Someone feels comfortable enough to mm -hmm. come up to me and ask for a photo or ask how I'm doing or ask what's going on with my girlfriend or whatever like this. Even though I find it weird and I don't want I don't want that, you would never go up to someone like You wouldn't Robert, go up to Brad Pitt and say, Hey, how's your wife? Because you don't even know girlfriend. anything about his wife know. or he's yeah, that's crazy. They're A listers who want to be private. Whereas influencers it's weird. Influencers want to be want to have a, a level of privacy as well. But they shoot themselves in the foot by sharing everything so publicly. Well, I don't know if they shoot themselves in the foot. The reason why they are where they are is because they've shown so much. Yeah. Like, content that has given them an audience and followers and subscribers is content about their lives. And therefore, because they have content, they're very famous. And they have millions of followers. So the content makes them famous. Yeah. If you took away KSI, if KSI never started YouTube, no one would know who he is. Obviously not. So... He is successful because he has shown his life. So it, he can't live without the other. No, of course not. That's, I think, the interesting part. Like, I love that. A-plus celebrities because they're famous because people know a lot about them. Yeah. Wow. And they're more desirable That's because people cool. know more about them. Think about all the people that 
um, Stephen Barlett is having on his show. He's not ha- okay. He's having a couple occasional people who are A-listers who you know will get a, a couple of new audience people in. But then the, he's having a lot of people who are Molly Mays and Ali Abdul, all these huge influences, huge huge influences who are probably bringing in the bulk of his views because mm. he realizes that that is what people want to listen to. That's who people care about now. I think I listened to a different podcast and I've read books by a guy called Tim Ferriss. Yeah, Four Hour Work Week. I haven't read that one, but I've, Ooh, he's got an amazing book called um, Tribe of Mentors, where he basically asked loads of amazing people a series of questions, and he got their answers and put them all together. It's amazing. It's such a good book. Nice. But when he interviews these people, and Stephen Barnett does it too, but to a much lesser extent, is he does focus a lot on luck. He he talks to these incredibly successful people about like what was the lucky moment? What was the moment where it was just good fortune and not talent? Not hard work, just luck. And I think that's so important because we've talked about hustle culture and there's so much energy around people taking control of their own lives and being successful on their own and standing on their own two feet and all this stuff. And I feel like there's a lot of tension around that at the moment and like the Molly May thing like blew it up in a big way because people don't talk enough about how lucky they are and how grateful they are. Mm. Like it's one of the most endearing things when a successful person is openly and honestly like just lucky just grateful everyone knows that that person has also worked really hard no one denies that molly may works hard she probably doesn't work harder than the people in the shops in the in the factories making the stuff for pretty little thing for three pound 75 an hour whatever it is disgracefully but she does work hard and she does deserve some credit but she shouldn't get like big-headed about it she shouldn't get defensive about it it's oh, like defensive. just okay. be grateful and be humble and that's why i really like people like keanu reeves and part of what logan paul's redemption arc has been it's been him being a little bit more humble and being a little bit more like i'm not billy big bollocks i was lucky i am good i am talented but i'm also lucky in case i says that too yeah it was a great podcast at the beginning to have those two guys start the podcast by talking about how amazing therapy is yeah i love that that's why i told you to listen to it and you'd like it i like them both (laughs) but that was so cool i want to write something about it towards the end they're also special towards the end what's his face mike asks ksi a whole bunch of questions about uh uh, um jake as well (laughs) (laughs) i've seen clips on tiktok but i'm I'm waiting to watch the full thing but um but no you're 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 100 right luck plays a huge factor in everyone's success um and some people don't see it but when you think about it like, like when we before we started this conversation and you said to me you know give me like a moment and i was like i don't think i have any i just i guess i didn't think about it i i, I don't I, I never looked at such basic things happening me walking up the stairs is a lucky moment but if you <laughs> yeah. really think about it more deeply then you can think, oh, actually, you know, that that is in itself really lucky. And that could have stemmed from, you know, something bad happening abroad, which made me want to come home early. And, and all these things, you know, um, there's a saying in religion, you know, that the bad things happen and, and, and there's always, a, it happens for a reason. Right. There's always going to be a good outcome at the end of it. Um, and it's interesting because the bigger, bigger, bigger picture, we have no idea. Like I was talking to Lauren the other day, and Lauren was, is Jimmy's wife. If you didn't know that, yes, she is my wife. 
and um and we, i was saying to her i was coming from a more of a negative negative thing i was kind of saying like you know i did i did t-shirts and it did well but then that was that and i did amazon and it did well and that was that and i done youtube and it's doing okay but like it's kind of stagnated i was like at what point am i just going to also have that lucky break that all these other people are having and then they take their business from six figures to seven to eight to nine figures when's that going to happen and that's why i changed my whole youtube setup because like i just i just want to do something different to try and trigger that happening so what i'm getting at here is i think yes luck plays a massive part but we can't forget that i still am a massive believer that people somewhat create their own luck by putting themselves in situations making themselves available for things if you say no if if you said no to going to theater because well you were too busy or you were too lazy or whatever you know you put yourself in that position you got lucky yeah i think the criticism that comes from that argument which is a lot of the criticism a lot of it was just vitriolic nonsense but the the reasonable criticism that came from money mate was yes i was in the theater yes she went on love island and she put herself in that position but i was in the theater because i could afford it i could afford it because lots of other things had happened yes that had of, enabled. Course, of course this is, all, this is all i'm saying like yeah i was lucky in that moment but i had the ability the freedom the luxury to be that sort of lucky i wasn't working a late shift in retail that night because i didn't have a job in retail i was moving jobs and i did have the luxury to kind of say yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do next i didn't need something right so i was lucky in those regards too and that is where privilege comes into it so of course molly may works hard and she put herself in position she applied for love island that's a risk it's imagine it was incredibly scary and she even said it was a business decision she could have lost the first round and then i don't know no one would know who molly may was right (laughs) but she also could afford to take all that time off she had no codependence she didn't need to pay rent or whatever to her parents or family or uncle or aunt or landlord or whatever she had the luxury to take that time off to do it and that's kind of everything is contextualized and you can contextualize to the nth degree i can go back a hundred years 120 years and say if my great grandparents hadn't moved from russia to england i wouldn't be sitting here today which is true and that's a valid argument but at what point do I give myself any credit? Right, exactly. Give yourself some credit, but acknowledge, understand, come from a place of understanding of the context of how you Be got Be humble, there. basically. Yeah, and grateful. Just knowledgeable. Like, I feel like if she would have thought that through, she wouldn't have said what she said. And I think if it wasn't just a thing she said, <laughs> which is where all this has come from, I don't know, man. I just think it's an interesting... It's a really interesting display of where our world is now. Like a 22-year-old woman says something silly on a podcast. A month later, someone takes it out of context, makes fun of it, and then people are running front-page news saying that she's a Margaret Thatcher fan. It's nonsense. She's never said anything about Margaret Thatcher, probably her entire life. And all of a sudden, Molly May is a Thatcherite politician. No, she's not. She's... First of all, I love Ireland and is now creative director of Pretty Little Thing. Nothing to do with Margaret Thatcher. It's like fascinating how that happened. And I'm incredibly interested in it. But I think it came from her responding to criticism. Like she was, she was like, they were talking about 
the criticism levied at her, she doesn't really work that hard. She's just an influencer. And I know you've talked about that before. Yeah. Like people will say, oh, you're just a YouTuber. Like, I don't work that hard. I know because I've seen you. <laughs> how insanely hard you work. I'm going to throw a quote in your direction. All right. It's half a quote. Uh, so bear okay. that in mind. It's this. All unjust criticism is often a disguised compliment. So unjust criticism, criticism that isn't justified, yeah. like you don't work hard because you're a YouTuber, yeah. is a disguised compliment. How does that land in you? It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's just not true. I, I think if, if it said all unjust criticism is comes from a place of 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 um of of like deeper problems in your own life then yeah <laughs> but it doesn't does it so i don't know um that just it's hard to get on board with that because the way people give you unjust criticism it doesn't sound like you know it's it's a hidden compliment it sounds like it's just criticism yeah, that's what I thought when I read it. Because I actually read it out of context. I read it without the second half and then Googled it. And then the second half, I was like, well, now I understand what he was trying to say. It's a quote from Dale Carnegie. Look him up. He sort of pioneered I self-help like as a thing. How to win friends and influence people. Great book. So the quote is, remember that unjust criticism is often a disguised compliment. Remember that no one ever kicks a dead dog. People will only kick you if you're alive, if you are a threat, if you are relevant, if you are, if they scare, if you scare them, then they'll criticize you in an unjust way. It's like someone saying, oh, you don't, but whatever, you don't work very hard, you're just a YouTuber or. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see that. And, and I think, no, I don't disagree. And I think criticism comes from a place of jealousy, which in a way is kind of like a compliment but not really because if someone's jealous then they clearly want what you have so if so if like if i said to you you know you're just not very good at being a social media marketing <laughs> manager but you've got race or whatever you are now because i can't remember at this point you change every week but like clearly i'm jealous of your position which is a way of me saying you know hell i wish i had what you have i wish i was in your position it's just rather than say mate you're in such a good position i wish i was in your position you say your position you know you're crap at your job and i think that all comes down to the person and your mindset i remember when i when i, I spoke to a mutual friend of, of ours and i was just speaking to him about his job and i would say to him openly you know i am so jealous of your position i think you have an amazing job and you, I, I wish i wish i was able to do like development and property and all these kind of things right and rather than being like you know oh you know you're just like this tiny little man working for the other person buying all the stuff you're just like you know looking over you're babysitting his 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 house like no that's just i i think some people will say it like that and those people are much more have much more negative mindsets who have again much more deep-seated issues um so yeah i, th I think the person who is much more positive and 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 is open to bringing something like that on you know if i wanted to do your job i would go and look into doing it right um i think someone like that who compliments you is much more open to do it than someone who is negative about it someone who's negative about it 
it's it's cutting that off and them ever being able to actually do it yeah i think that's and you've nailed it like i think that's what he means i i interpret it slightly differently in that when someone first of all he talks about unjust criticism we're going to come on to real criticism in a sec but someone just says something nasty just criticizes because they can like just because they want to to me depending on who the person is that means they need to cut me down because i'm in some way a threat that's how i interpret it like the compliment is i can't stop you because you're better than me (laughs) so i'm just gonna call you rubbish or say your design was bad or say your idea is bad just because i don't have anything else to do and i'm (laughs) scared that's how i interpret it and i thought that was that was interesting because it comes to who the person is that's criticizing you how much does that matter to you a lot a hundred percent well the who the person is yeah 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 a lot if it's someone i know um and it's someone i thought i was friends with or someone i am friends with or like i said thought because i probably am not actually friends with them if they're criticizing me um then yeah it hits me hard i mean i told you about a a long time ago uh the story of a mutual friend who said to me again i'm not gonna say any names but who said to me uh, um no we can't we can't socialize there we can't hang out then i actually have a job right i told you this and i don't, I don't remember you telling me but that's that's yeah right. and and whatever it, it but it was said in such a nonchalant way of just like yeah no we, we can't hang out next wednesday i actually work you know and it was like oh okay just let me know when you're free you know and but it was, it was so blase it was like okay fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna unwrap this here there's six of us right now here hanging out at their flat like i'm not gonna unwrap this but i haven't forgotten that today and i dislike that person to this day for saying that because i feel like it was an incredibly stupid thing for them to say um the same way how my business teacher said you know you're not cut out for business go and get a job right it's 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 these things that people don't think molly may she didn't think when she said what she said right so if it was a nobody, if I got a YouTube comment from someone being like, oh, mate, I've, I've had that, right? If someone being like, mate, your videos suck, <laughs> you know, or... or Sorry oh, about that. I probably shouldn't comment that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's t- better than I, I have a friend who literally six hours after a video goes live, there's tons of comments. He goes, first, just to annoy me. But it's fine. I love it. It's so funny. But uh, I've had comments being like, so more recently I had a comment being like, look, your videos are okay and all, but I don't think, you know, you need to do one a week. I think I prefer your other videos every single day. I don't really care about this. Um, I was like, fine, cool, great. And and that's like constructive criticism. But then on the other hand, I've also got criticism of just, you know, these are shit. And, but the thing is, I don't know that person. I don't care about that person. It makes no difference to my life. So I just respond being like, thank you for the feedback. You know, hopefully the next one isn't, you know. But, you know, if you turn around and said to me, mate, you're wasting your time. What are you doing? You know, or, or like, let's say, you know, this podcast was huge and, I, by mistake, said something that I probably shouldn't have said. And you were the one who shared it on Twitter. And you were the one who started... Started (laughs) started dragging you on Twitter. Right. I would... (laughs) That would affect me a lot more than if random Joe Blogs out there shared it on Twitter. Because I don't know who they are. You know? Don't care. Yeah. Um, I mean, go on. What about you? If 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 one of your friends said it to you rather than a stranger. So I've had this thing for a very long time. and, And it's connected to... It's connected to lots of the things we've talked about in mental health in the past for me. Like I used to have this saying that that no one could be meaner to me than I am about myself, <laughs> which is you said this, yes, yeah, <laughs> which is mad. I think we've I don't know if did I say that. Well, yeah, we mentioned it last week. Pod? Yeah, yeah, last week. That's a that's a thing that I have learned to develop. 
a different interpretations of but it, the mindset hasn't really gone in that i'm my own biggest critic like if you if someone wants to criticize me for something invariably i know what they're going to say i've very rarely been caught off guard by a criticism before challenge accepted <laughs> <laughs> or it's it's yeah but to me so that's one is that i normally know what someone's going to say if they are which often annoys people <laughs> because i've thought about sometimes when even when someone close to you like wants to say i wish you wouldn't do that i wish you didn't do this thing my response is yeah i know i just want to anyways no because it's like if you know it's a bad why are you still doing it like well I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to stop some things. Um, no, but you're right. When when it's something you know you're actively doing and someone tells you, I guess in a way it kind of just confirms it, which probably makes it a bit harder for yourself. You probably don't realize what's happening psychologically. If you know you do something bad and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then I say it to you, you're like, oh, shit, someone, someone else is also thinking I do this. This is so much worse than it was before, <laughs> you know? And it actually plays out way more in your head than it ever did beforehand. Maybe yeah. even more than if you weren't aware of it and now that, and, and I made you aware of it. Because if you weren't aware of it, think about it like this. If you weren't aware of the problem and I mentioned it to you, yeah, you'd be like, oh, you know, you're right. I never thought of it like that. I'm going to stop. But if you are aware of the issue and you think, ah, no one knows. And then I say it and you're like, ah, oh, crap. They know. <laughs> then you're like, if I don't stop now, everyone knows and everyone's <laughs> thinking about it. And it's so much worse. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different way of looking at it, really. And The second lucky thing for me is that I've got like less than 10 people whose opinions I really, 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 really deeply care about. Am I one of them? Yeah. Oh. So if you came to me with something and it was a critique or a criticism or a piece of advice, I would listen. If other people I know came to me, I would listen and be kind and respectful because I'm just such a nice guy, right? But I, I don't actually care what they think. Oh, I completely understand. Because that. there's like so few people who know me well enough to give me the criticism that I think is worthwhile. Sometimes it comes from a fun and unexpected place where someone you've never met before just goes, the way you said that was really... It actually happened a couple of months ago. I won't talk about what it was, but someone said, oh, the way you talk about this thing, it really comes across like this. I was like, damn, it really does come across like that. Okay. And then because I have a therapist, we talked about it and I figured <laughs> out where it came from and that's great. Um but that, you know, that's very difficult. That's a difficult kind of place to get to where you can start differentiating between people you actually, you know, you value their opinions and people you don't. Like, if you're able to completely disregard someone's opinion because you're just like, yeah, I don't really care about what you think, you know, sort your own life out. That is quite difficult to do. For me, for ages and ages, anyone that said anything, I would always overthink it, you know, unpack it when I was on my own and just get lost in my own thoughts about all the negativity behind it but to be able to differentiate between a friend saying something and a nobody saying something is really good i've been um actually um watching i've watched a lot of interviews on youtube between big creators like mr beast and other other creators who are genuine youtube geniuses they just know what they're doing and it was really interesting because a lot of what um what, what they say is the people around you who you think who think they know what they're talking about give you advice they actually have no idea what they're talking about and i've recently the last like two months started to care less about the advice i've been given around youtube and how i make my videos and what they should do and what they should look like and what they should be about and the titles and the thumbnails 
um, because I've realized that if you're not coming from a place of not authority, but of experience, then what help are you? You know, like, yes, obviously, it's always nice to have another set of eyes on something. But like, if I make something based on what, you know, what who I think are, you know, YouTube geniuses, what that what I think they're saying, and I've kind of ticked every box. And then I don't know, a brother, a sister, a friend comes along and goes, ah, why don't you change it? This would look better. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. Right. So, so not in my mind. What I would say is, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it onto board. In my mind, I'm thinking, you have no idea what the hell you're talking <laughs> about, mate. This is coming from way bigger people than me. I'm going to just leave it at that because I think it's actually pretty good yeah um and i think that being able to differentiate i have never been able to do that before i found yeah. it so difficult it's something that's taken me like everyone i think everyone starts out that way especially like teenagers like they care about what everybody thinks about them all the time yeah and when i was struggling with anxiety one of the biggest problems of it was i used to care deeply about what people i'd never seen before cared about what were thinking about it was all made up nonsense this person is looking at me like she hates me that's that's not true. You're on the tube. <laughs> like that was such a big. Like I hate to go on the tube because I just get on and go. Everybody sitting in this carriage hates my guts. I was like, no, they're just reading the metro. <laughs> no one cares about you. <laughs> so, What's worse, that everyone hates you, or that no one actually gives a shit about you? Uh, definitely everyone hating you. All right. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> so, so then, so that was you know that's one thing that is is you know it's an illness. Um, but learning to discern for me as well, like who I share thing, something I'm very precious over is I have lots of ideas for things and most of them never go anywhere and that's normal. Right. But who I share them with is something I've had to learn to discern, like who, who can respond in the right way. Cause some people go, that's a shit idea. So it might be a shit idea <laughs> <laughs> and often they are. You need more than that though. But, I, yeah, I need someone to say it's not good for this reason and this reason and this reason. And then I often annoy them by coming back. I've fixed all those problems. And really, the idea is just no good for other reasons. Well, that's constructive criticism. Criticism yeah. without the constructive part of it is just plain hate. But that's like, there's the, when it comes at you, you can say, well, that was not good criticism, but it's already happened. And then your feelings are hurt. And then that's no good. Right. Yeah, there's a time and a place as well, obviously. Yeah. So perhaps that, I think, just takes practice and. And a willingness to go, even people who are close to you, just go, they're not the people I tell this stuff to. Or they're not the people who I say that to or do this thing with. It's not even saying things to people, though. It's just taking advice from people. Sometimes you don't need to be... Like, I don't need to ask someone else for advice. People love giving advice mm. all the time. We're doing it right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> who the hell are we? What experience do we have? This is our third episode. It's well, taken it's us... Third. It's our well, third of season, season three. It's taken us six months to get here. <laughs> But no, it's it's a hundred percent right. Like, at the end of the day, obviously, if you go to someone and ask for advice, you should listen to what they have to say. Otherwise, you should never have asked them. That's what I wanted to ask next. Say you get a critique from someone, yeah, and it goes, "Damn, they're right." What do you do then? Like, how do you take that accurate criticism or critique and go, "I need to deal with this." What do you do? I try and implement it. Obviously. How? Well, you like, can you think of an example? Yeah. I don't know if I want I don't know how much I want to say of it, but 
but but um can be professional or personal professional yes i've got more of a personal one but i don't want to give too much but basically ages ago i was in a social circle with a couple of friends one friend and a couple of their friends and this person was a lot better with people than me they were a lot more sociable and they were just better (laughs) in social situations than i was yeah and we hung out a whole bunch i mean i've been friendly with him for like over 10 years more and we hung out a whole bunch of times and he gave me some advice on what to do in social situations he said you should really try and do this because of this this and this you know it will really help and i was like that you know really interesting i i I didn't realize that thank you for letting me know i'm gonna try and implement it and i did and it made a massive difference um so i think for me if the person's coming from you know a good place firstly um and you know good experience then fine um but if it if it's just like out of the blue malicious then then no like um i'll give you another example my my brother made a video on youtube it was a bad video oh it was like what molly may said except so much worse <laughs> and he is it is, gone now no one can go and find it i think right? he deleted it um okay that's good um and it was basically like saying all the that bad stuff like yeah people should just do work you slave to your whatever it was really bad but the thing is like he he wasn't like a successful millionaire or anything so it's like who are you you know <laughs> anyway my brother-in-law saw it who was deeply offended by it and was like you should you should take this down and he was like no fuck that i don't care i don't care what anyone says i saw it i was like mate <laughs> you, you you have to get rid of this like we're in business together like I will happily dissolve the business if you don't get rid of this video. Like, this is awful. You cannot say this. Um, and it's like, so that, in that sense, you know. It really mattered who it came from. It really mattered who it came from. And also, it came from a good place. I wanted to get rid of it for him. It was incredibly embarrassing for him. Um, and that's why I, I said it, right? But if a commenter would have been like, mate, delete this video. Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, who cares? And mm. I would have been the same. I would have been like, who, who are you? Go away. But like, if you said to me, you know, Shimmy, you should take this video down on YouTube. It, it's really not good. Then, you know, and I actually had that. I had that. I, I made an ad. I made an ad for our old course, me and my brother. And it wasn't that bad. It was It was basically we were acting out what it was like going into a, an, a, the office um, and hating our jobs and then having starting our own businesses and loving life. And a couple of friends were like, no, this isn't okay. And they hounded me about it. They were made fun of me and whatever. And they were like, you should get rid of it, blah, blah. I had a couple of friends who were like, just ignore them, you know. But a part of me thinks they're, 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 they have a point. Like, I didn't realize that by making this video, I would be affecting them and making them think, does he really think this is what our lives are like? And this is what our jobs are like? No, I love my job, Right. Um, obviously I, I didn't think it through that far but um but leading on to that one second because this is really interesting i'm actually reading this book <laughs> and it was talking about job satisfaction and this is where this video came from because basically the whole video was um the grind and your boss telling you what to do and controlling your life and you just hating your boss quitting going to start an amazon business being free being successful and this book i read last night i read it out loud actually because i was just 
it was so fascinating. It said a study was conducted over with 142 countries, millions and millions of people. So that's big enough for you because <laughs> I know yeah. you don't like small studies. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have lots of data to reach any Lots of data. And um, let me try and remember this, the, the, the actual numbers, but it said 13% of people in this study, it was all about jobs and depression and all this sort of stuff. And do you like your job? 13% of people in the study actively like their job. It was something like 60... I can't remember the exact percentage, but 60 something percent of people disliked their job, didn't want to be there. Wow. And 24%, so work out the remainders because I know 13 and I know 24 because those were the first and last numbers. I can't remember the middle number, but whatever the difference is. Um, 24% um, uh, actively, or actively, so the, 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 the big number was actively dislike their job and 24% didn't just actively like it, actively dislike it, but they actively went out and hated on others in their in their in their position. So didn't just dislike it, but really, really passionately dislike their job. And it's crazy that over you know, uh, uh, what is it, eighty-seven percent of people in this study hate their job. I was blown away by this. I was like, what? That is a crazy statistic, considering that you spend 50 years doing your job. Anyway, so that's where this whole video came from. And that's why I listened to their advice, but I didn't fully listen to it because this video is based on data and based on actual things, not individuals' feelings. Um, and we were trying to speak to a much larger audience who actively dislike their job. Obviously, there are outliers like my friends who do like their job. Um, so I think at the end of the day... Like me. There if, you go. If my boss is listening. I'm one of those people. I you love your job. Flipping love my job. Right. Well, there you go. So... Stuff like that, yes, you have to listen to what people say, especially if they're your friends and they're coming from a good place. But you also, it's also important that those people come from actual, you know, factual data and everything, you know? Like, the the thing with Josh's video, oh, I shouldn't have said his name. <laughs> there I don't we go. care. The thing with his video, it was so bad because that was just full on. It was just silly. Bashing. Yeah. Bashing people who have a job. Like, it was <clears throat> terrible. Is that, do you think that's why you like, reading a lot of i'm just looking at your books as it's a lot of people who are qualified and experienced and successful you do is that why you like reading those books because to you those are the people worth listening to um because i know people and i'm a little bit more like that i just have a certain couple people who i go to for like life advice and career advice and and that um, I'm not so interested in hearing what Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos or like superstars think. Although, having said that, I just bought the book Mamba Mentality. Oh my gosh, oh my brother just got that. My gosh, that book is incredible. I've got to get it. What a man. Yeah, incredible. In, what just, and so sad and just like soul crushingly awful that we didn't have longer with him and he didn't have longer to impact the world him and nipsey hustle the two of them like if they were still alive i kind of think if kobe nipsey hustle and robbie williams was still alive robin williams the world would be a very different place oh my gosh yeah a better place yeah a hundred percent maybe <laughs> no you're right I, I i i do love taking opinions from people who come from authority just because if it's worked for them maybe something will rub off on me and it'll work for me but i absolutely love everyone's opinion you know like when i had that business idea you were literally the first person i texted to come over and talk about it with it yes you hated it 
passionately. <laughs> I didn't hate it. You hated I it. I didn't hate it. But My that's okay. Was, I didn't think it would work for you. Right. And I take, even though, and, and firstly, not only did you come from experience, which was a, a, an added bonus, but I take your advice seriously. And I, I was like, you know, he's right. And thankfully, I, I took your advice because now YouTube is doing so much better than it was because of, you know, that the whole thing. So, yes, I love the advice of big, rich, successful, not even rich, but just successful people. But like, if a friend gives me advice, I will take it, and and you know, as long as it makes sense. If if if, if a random friend is giving me business advice and they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, then it's a bit random. But then they probably wouldn't ever do that. Mm. I think speaking of successful people and their advice, I wanted to do this thing, and this could even become like a recurring segment because I I really enjoy this book. If you haven't seen it, if you can rent it, buy it, borrow it from someone tribe tribe of mentors by timothy ferris is what he's called but he's tim ferris he has a free emailer that goes out every friday with um a recall quote a poem a book that he recommends a movie he recommends he's an incredibly successful entrepreneur angel investor remarkable remarkable person and and in many ways worth listening to so he wrote this book well i say that he asked lots of incredibly talented famous successful interesting people mm. their opinion and then he put their answers in the book. So did he write it or did they? Um, he so, posed the question. <laughs> so one of the questions he asked is, when you're feeling overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? So I went through some of the answers and I want to share them because I think it's a, it's a really interesting um, to get like four or five different perspectives in one hit. When we have guests on, this could be how we... Yeah. This, this could be what you're talking about. Yeah. So Susan Cain, who wrote the book Quiet... Mm which I also really, really recommend about introversion and things like that. She said when she's feeling overwhelmed or unfocused, she has an espresso. But more than that, what she said was she's almost trained her brain. She's a writer. So every time she feels like she can't focus to, or she's overwhelmed to write, she has an espresso and that like jolts her brain because of the caffeine. But also she started to associate that pleasurable feeling of coffee, which she likes with writing so she always starts writing in a positive mindset because she's had that coffee because it's not just coffee it's the the joy of it and the kick of the caffeine and the the excitement that she gets to do this as a job which i thought was a really cool i like that way of doing it so if you really like doing something do it before you do something you don't necessarily always feel motivated to do do it first and then or have it for afterwards i don't know something like that everyone's favorite our podcast best friend who gary v there we go gary v this is probably the maddest thing he ever says and i think it's hilarious but it's what he thinks do you know the answer what does gary v when he feels like overwhelmed or unfocused or stressed do a work <laughs> no hustle no it's, it's worse more extreme than that he pretends that someone in his family who he loves has died in a car accident <laughs> what because he's like, it focuses his mind to a crazy degree. And On he's what? Like, he goes like, has anyone in my family died in a car crash? No, can't be that bad. I can deal with it. Oh, that's interesting. That's a different way of looking at it. That's quite that's interesting. so mad. What a way to live. Like, he probably has a very stressful life. He runs several massive businesses. How often in a day is he thinking about, like, the death of his kid? But think about it. He's actually thinking about the situation could be so much worse. And look at me, I'm bawling. Let's get to work. That 
is really interesting. You know, I actually, that's really funny because I have this thing with my brother, Josh. Whenever we're doing anything, we say, what's the worst that could happen, right? Um, so, like, when we went snowboarding and it was a blizzard and we went out and we were like, let's go out. What's the worst that could happen? And the other person always says, we could die. And then the other person always responds being like, no, we could become a vegetable. That's worse. <laughs> and then we go and do it. And it's, it became a go-to thing. Whenever we did anything, it was like, nah, what's the worst that could happen? One of us could die. Nah, one of us could be a vegetable. Right? That's much worse. And it just, be, and, 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 but then it puts you back in the frame, in the frame of mind of like, but like, we're so good. Like, this is fine. Nothing's going to happen like that. We might fall over and hurt ourselves, but we'll be okay. We did end up falling over and I tore my MCL. But that's besides <laughs> the point. There we go. Uh, no, that's but, punishment for using that, that very derogatory word. What? Vegetable. Why is that a derogatory word? It's not very nice for people who are in various degrees of comas and whatnot. But isn't that what the term is? I think its vegetative state might be, not vegetable. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in that <laughs> world to know what it is. Don't Twitter at me and don't Molly me. I'm please. saving this in for in five years when you've got ten million subs. I'm going to cancel you, Sam. Please don't click this <laughs> up and and make make a meme out of me saying. The and word I'll get vegetable. your brother at the same time too. Happy days. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, it's just funny that he that's said that. That's an interesting way of doing it. Because, like, what's the worst that could happen? No, actually, something else is worse. Yeah. That's cool. Literally, what's the worst that could happen? Probably not that. So, And he thinks, what's the worst that could happen? Are we in a car crash? No, let's get back to work. And mm. it's just a... Yeah, cool. Who's next? Totally different. Ray Dalio. Okay. One of the biggest, most successful investors. Also has an amazing book called Principles. Which genuinely changed my life. Um... He just writes... Will you read my book when it comes out? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> he just goes, I meditate. That was his answer to the thing. Everyone else like, I, I meditate. That's great. Yeah. Temple Grandin. I, I really thought this was cool. Have you heard of Temple Grandin before? No. Oh, man. Temple Grandin is, is probably one of the people I admire most. She is a remarkable woman from oh, America. My, I did not know she was a woman. Who... Who... <laughs> Has autism, right? And she revolutionized revolutionized um, the industry of cattle handling in America. Totally revolutionized it. There's an amazing film, like a like a movie film, like a not like a documentary <laughs> about her <laughs> called Temple Grandin. I'd so seriously recommend it. Um, what did she do? So. In the movie, it talks about, and she has also a great TED talk. She talks about how people like her with autism think in pictures. So she's a highly, highly visual person. So she has a remarkable memory for images. Yeah. And if something changes, that's very distressing. And she talks about how animals are almost the same as that. So obviously, she's not saying that people with autism are like animals. She's saying, but visual thinkers, animals are too. So she was saying, when, when you have a cattle thing, as they're going towards a slaughterhouse... She was like, back in the day, the cowboys would just like hang their coats on it and like make noise and change stuff all the time and move things and put the thing in the wrong way. And loads and loads of cattle were dying in the process of getting them to the slaughterhouse from the field because they have to be washed. They would keep drowning, which cost the companies loads of money. So she basically created this entire system that made the cattle really calm and they walked slowly and calmly all the way through and no none of them drowned none of them died before they were supposed to to make money off them 
and she revolutionized the cattle industry in America. So when asked about what is what she does to be overwhelmed, so she first of all wrote, well, like I have autism, that happens all the time. <laughs> um, so she she talks about she she created this thing called Project Loyalty, which she's like a little mantra she had. I th I'm trying to do her justice. Read the book and and see for yourself. This is my interpretation of it, where she basically goes, I'm loyal to this task. Initiate Project Loyalty. Like it's almost to disassociate yourself from what you're feeling to get the job done. Yeah, like that's which, important. Focus on it now. Which I guess is probably an unhe unhealthy thing, unhealthy thing to do, like for big things or long-term projects, because you need to almost. That's quite a scary thing to do to disassociate from something in order to get it done. Like your feelings are valid, just deal with them. Yeah. Appropriately, but I thought that was really cool, and she's amazing. Go and learn about her if you can. Well, I I can't imagine my sister would be too happy about her to be honest yeah <laughs> um, but well if you think about it it's still awful it's she still revolutionized awful. it but it's still <laughs> she made it much more profitable and calmer but it's still very died inhumane. In a much, in, died in a much more humane way yeah well the only thing is she 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 compared the whole autism thing but what no one talks about is feelings and everyone thinks animals don't have those, but they do, which mm. is the argument. But whatever, we're not going to talk about that. No, but that's, she, that's sort of what she's saying is, is they're, they're distressed. But they're still distressed. Yeah. yeah but no, either either way, um, no, but that's really interesting because um, I was going to actually say, oh, what did you just tell me to do? Disassociate. Yeah. What was I going to say? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you the last one. Oh, go on. Go for it. We had a Jocko Willink. No. Oh. <gasps> I'm opening up so many cool, like, if you haven't read Susan Cain's book, quiet, do so. If you haven't heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, look him up, read his books, look at his YouTube, look at his whatever. Ray Dalio, awesome dude, mm -hmm. read his books. Temple Grandin, a remarkable woman. Jocko Willink is so cool. He was, like, in charge of the Navy SEALs for years. Like, oh, in charge, cool. in charge, in charge, and trained, like, in charge of the training for them and, like, a serious Navy SEAL. He's written loads of books. He's very intense, and if you like that certain kind of hyper-masculine intenseness, he's great. For me, sometimes he's great. Other times, I just think this is really silly. I don't think I to have the intensity to deal with this. <laughs> Can't take it seriously. But he has this phrase called prioritize and execute. Well, like, I just want... I'll show you after, but I just want you to hear him say it. Um, prioritize and execute. To him, it's just like, step back, slow down. What's the most important thing? Deal with that. What's the next most important thing? Deal with that. Mm. And it's such a cool phrase. I even say it sometimes, like when I have 25 things to do in a day, like prioritize and execute. Write a list, <laughs> put them in order of things that are important and just do them. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The I issue like is that. when one, the first thing on your list takes you all day. That's true. Like today, prioritize was get my video out, but that took me until 5 p.m. Yeah. And then everything Did you remember what you wanted to say? Yes. Uh, it was about disassociating um, and how she, she was saying you know just turn it off disassociate yourself get the project done and it reminded me of the TV show that me and Lauren just watched called Dope Sick don't know if you've seen it I haven't yet but it's on my list of things it to watch it is phenomenal so definitely watch it but it it, it reminds it reminded me of basically the the policewoman completely disassociated herself from her life's problems which led to divorce and all these other things because she was so laser focused on the case at hand hmm. and it's all she could talk about. It's all she could think about. And she wasn't thinking about anything else in her life. And this is really important because if I, you know, adopt that mindset and I, you know, just, 
just spill out all my problems to Lauren and all I can ever talk about is work. We never have any other conversations. It's always work, 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 work. And you know, when I'm unhappy, it's about work and happy about work. It gets to a point where it's like, this is a bit much. You know, I, I don't care anymore. Let's have a conversation about something else. And yeah. that's why I kind of agree, but I also disagree. I think it's really important to disassociate yourself from work mm. so that you can still have a personal, meaningful life. Yeah, rather than disassociating from life to focus on work. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you're at work, you should disassociate from life. Focus on your job. But then you need to learn to turn off. Yeah, I just think the word disassociate is like... A it's psycho- a bit strong. Yeah. <laughs> focus on thing and focus less on another thing is, is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a disassociate. I don't have a family. I have content to make. <laughs> it's a Who bit. is this child in my room? <laughs> if you've never seen Blackadder, look up the scene. Just go into YouTube and write, deny everything, Baldrick you might enjoy yourself. I'm not going to say anymore. It's great. Um, and with that, episode three, season three, season three, episode three of The Young Dumb Is that Broke. four or three? Three, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, three. Okay, well, three in a row. I'm, I'm, there we go. I'm happy. See, consistency good. is key. Unbelievable, Jeff. So is this the one that's going to get millions of views then? This is the one that's going to get a million views and then we'll all be cancelled because we talked about Molly May and we shouldn't have. It's okay. Never mind. I'll be happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Enjoy yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. Have a nice time. Uh, And end the podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) Don't forget to leave a review if you haven't or leave a comment or whatever you want to do. But leave a review because that really helps. And we'll see you next week. See ya.